Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you think of 80s pop stars, who comes to mind first? Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, Madonna, Debbie Gibson. What about the most truly outrageous of them all? Jem and the Holograms. Welcome to the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. My name is Ryan. With me today is my pop culture loving brother who has been one of my biggest inspirations for many, many a TV or movie obsession growing up. Thank you so much for being here, David, and welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. So to tell the lovely people a little bit about yourself. (laughs) So I always tell people that I am a dad of four amazing adopted children. And I kind of use that opportunity to tell people to definitely adopt and foster through child state services, child protection services in their state. I think it's really important. It's been an amazing journey for me. So I have had a brief stopover in the entertainment industry, clearly by chance, <laughs> as in being cut at the movie adaptation of Bewitched starring Nicole Kidman. Yes. Um, yes, yes. I was on a Korean television show, which I did not understand what they were saying. I was eating hot dogs at the famous Pink's Hot Dogs in California. I was on an unknown and very short-lived show called Ballroom Boot Camp with one of my friends. It was a show where they would teach people who didn't know how to dance how to do choreography or dancing. It's basically like be pre- Dancing with the Stars. So honestly, I feel like they stole the idea and they just added stars to it because it basically took unknown people, taught them classic ballroom dancing, all these different types of dance that you see right on Dancing with the Stars and pin them up against each other. There's a little bit of drama, a little bit behind the scenes recording. They do everything like that. And then they get their 15 minutes of fame, I guess, on that show. <laughs> so and, yeah, we don't want the everyday people anymore. We want the celebrities or at least the B celebrities or available celebrities. So, let me get back to a little bit about myself. I, so I have been a singer and a songwriter for many years. Um, one of my songs was never copyrighted. So um, it actually was taken by a band and put on a compilation album. 
Um, that doesn't really bother me because they were horrible performers anyway and didn't go anywhere, but I actually had to pay 99 cents to um, iTunes to actually download my own song that I wrote. Yeah, that was the worst part. I remember this. <laughs> but you live, you learn. I didn't have the money to fight, you know, them in court and it wasn't worth it. But my music got out there. A, a song that I wrote got out there. So anyway, that's me. I'm on the West Coast surviving COVID like everybody else is. It definitely gives me an opportunity to try to share some of um, the stuff that made me me back from back in the day, okay. like cartoons and music with my kids more because we're kind of home all the time. This kind of leads to today's topic. We have foster slash adoption, which ties into Jem, and the music industry and how someone can just take a song like the Misfits in this case and steal your music. So look at those life lessons we have to go along with today's topic right now. Very true. Very true. <laughs> okay, so let's dive into some retro news. Okay, so one of our obsessions growing up, which I definitely inherited this from my brothers, is He-Man. Now, He-Man is coming back in a major way lately. Exclusively to Walmart, though, which is, I don't know how that ended up, but God bless you, Walmart, because you're bringing back He-Man. These are called He-Man origin figures. They have retro-style packaging, which would appeal to, of course, people from back in the day. But now they are made for storytelling and display. So this collection is a 5.5-inch action figure. So they look like the original He-Man, but now they have 16 working joints. So back in the day when He-Man was just in that squatting position with that face, he no longer has the squatting. He can move now. He can hold the, the sword aloft. He's more flexible. He's more flexible. The most powerful man in the universe has become even more powerful this way. So it seems like this is part of the big comeback that they're planning with also the Netflix original He-Man show that's going to be coming out, which continues the original 80s storyline. I went to Walmart a few times. You've had better luck finding at least some of these things. I, I When I went to Walmart, nothing was out. I mean, due to COVID, I'm sure everything's delayed, but you did see a few things, right? So I saw some Lego, Lego type items um, and lots of Skeletors. So I don't know if that was just what was in their shipment, but it was just wall to wall, just Skeletor action figures and um, some Lego items, which were kind of cool. My kids love Legos, but they love to destroy them. So I really don't usually get Legos for them. I end up stepping on them anyway, so... Do you think that these He-Mans in this nowadays would appeal to children that, well, it says for six and up. I mean, who the hell, adults, of course, were playing with these things too. But do you think you're, this would appeal to your kids? Um, I'd have to see, honestly, the success of the movie. I know that the movie is in the works. Which has been delayed about a million times now, unfortunately. Well, the other thing is, is that my son, Joe, is obsessed still with Power Rangers. Yes. Um, Because there are some that are now out, but they're very expensive. And my son destroys them, throws them around. I'm not going to spend like, I know that sounds horrible. I'm not spending like $50 on on an action figure for him to break the head off and like go like. I mean, because I feel like they're trying to 
appeal to adult collectors, so they mark these off. So they're appealing to the kids, but they also want to get that nostalgia and that price tag up, especially with these extra posableness. It's totally for the collectors, and they want to get that money. Have you noticed that it seems Mighty Morphin is still the most beloved version of this franchise? It's back now. It seems like if you see Power Rangers, you'll see the new in incarnations, but it always goes back to Mighty Morphin, it seems. I've seen every version, so... <laughs> That actually could be a whole different podcast because Power Rangers have ex have an extended catalog. Mystic Forces and Dino This and we had The Return of Tommy. But anyway, I'll move on from that. But yes, I think that they're going to market the toys. Okay, buy one for your kids and then buy one for your adult collection. That's really how I see it. That's right. I feel like if anything, this is going to appeal to the adults and through that, your kids might be interested um, because even with the retro packaging I mean they've done He-Man a few times now they tried it for the kids I think they realized that it's an adult market at this point and having mini comics back I think that's one of the other things they have the mini comics that they used to have in the package as well with new art um, so I'm totally excited about that I feel like definitely be talking about He-Man and She-Ra going forward I think at one point maybe we could do the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special anyone <laughs> Skeletor has a heart of gold. <laughs> He really does. And I feel like Skeletor has become this, um, not a joke in the sense of that, but people love to take him. I don't know if anyone's seen that like image of Skeletor in the Snuggie now with his little wine and Panthor is like a cat. He's become this funny thing just to use. And because I guess because we all love Skeletor. I mean, who doesn't love Skeletor? So right before filming this episode, the original voice of Jem herself, Samantha Newark, added the podcast randomly. I feel like it was just meant for us to do Gem. We had been discussing this. This is David's, really one of his favorite cartoons. I could always remember even when I was growing up younger that he appreciated this cartoon and having Gem follow it, it felt like we got the seal of approval through her. Not even knowing, but thank you, Gem. Thank you, Samantha Newark. Yes, <laughs> thank you so much. Really excited about that. I really hope that you enjoy this. If you don't, don't tell us that. That will just be that. We'll live in our bliss that you follow us and you were happy with everything you were happy with everything okay so let's dive into today's topic which is gem and the holograms showtime synergy now david why don't you just tell a little bit of why you love gem and things that stand out for you in this truly outrageous tv classic okay so let me just start by telling you i wrote down a bunch of things like a madman at like one o'clock in the morning um, I feel like the super fan from The Talking Dead, Yvette Nicole Brown. Yes. I'm just writing down random stuff. I Why do I love it? Any show that starts with a funeral and a two-parter, I'm hooked. That's right. For anyone who doesn't know, Jem's father dies in the pilot. Yes. And she's at a funeral. It's very dramatic. And think about being a young kid and seeing this very dramatic beginning. You know, like literally they're at the cemetery. They're, there are like limos. There's a grave. It's not like this is legit like the full gam, the people in black. This is um, not your normal kid show. They're telling you from the <laughs> opening minutes, we're talking about death. We're talking about real life issues. Um, yes. 
So that from the beginning got me. Obviously, I love music. I've always loved music. You really have to look at it on the whole, like the whole series to kind of really get a, uh, an appreciation in the sense of all the topics that they covered in a very 80s fashion. Yes. Um, all of the, what, what would you say, all of the uh, the stories that were told to teach a lesson and, but also some of the really bizarre things that they got away with doing under the guise of a cartoon. And I I, I, I don't know, I'll just read some of my notes here. Yeah, so first please. of all- Give speaking... us your midnight madness note. <laughs> Speaking to um, my children, um, in one of the episodes, the Misfits called the Child Protective Services on Starlight House to get Jem and the Holograms in trouble. That is kind of disturbing, and it's a cartoon. And these are or- orphan children at a, a, a foster home slash group home that Pizzazz from the Misfits called up and made a complaint that, that Starlight girls weren't being taken care of or one was missing or something horrific like that. Now, did they um, kidnap the one that was supposedly missing, which is... Yes, she wanted to, I think she wanted to become one of the Misfits or she was misguided by them. I think they had her. Because you know if anyone was going to misguide someone, it was those Misfits. They were all about themselves, which, you know, is actually very poignant for these days, but what else? So they paid and sent violent criminals to assault, rob, and and kidnap Gem and the Holograms on multiple occasions, <laughs> locked up the Starlight Girls and trash parties and events all the time. No police were ever involved. No matter what they did, they stole their equipment. They broke into their houses. They set things on fire. They stole recordings, Master Toppy's recordings, and re-recorded their own vocals over the tracks that Jem just- Your story earlier of what happened to you. Now it's 99 cents on iTunes somewhere. Yeah, does life imitate art? I think so. That, and plus every episode, there was some sort of a cliffhanger. They were either hanging off a cliff, being being attacked by a wild animal, being lost in the Amazon in, in some kind of an Aztec temple, the misfits, you know, were kidnapping somebody. They were, it was always action filled. And actually I, I added these kind of touches of this like, like excitement and drama and, you know, different things to entice boys to watch it because the yeah. way them was sandwiched in between, I think it was like by um, G.I. Joe. It was around. Yeah, like and it's uh, also one of the notes that we had found for with researching was in this sandwich block directly in the middle and G.I. Joe, but also in humanoids. Okay, so yes, this was uh, sandwiched in between G.I. Joe and in humanoids. And then later on, at some point, the Transformers. So yes, this is one of the facts. You're right. It had to appeal to both boys and girls. Which, by all accounts, it appealed to the many, many boys just because of the music and the costumes and the, the the fun part of it. It didn't have to be Jem being constantly being abducted or attacked, but it helped. That, that's what makes it the classic that stands out today, Peril. Going back to the characters, I feel like Jem, who real name is Jerrica Benton, she comes off as such a mature, really a leader for these these girls. What do you think about Jem and Jerrica as a character? So yes, Jerrica was very adult-like um, for her age and very mature because her mom, her mom died before the dad. So now couple that with then her father passing away, I think she went into this mode where she had to take over a big business, you know, and to take care of her sister and also the Starlight House where all of her good friends were also her soon-to-be bandmates in the future. Um, as you see, the holograms all grew up together through Starlight House. 
So I think definitely she had a much mature, much more mature approach to life in general because she had to. I mean, she, like I said, she lost her mom. She lost her dad. She saw, you know, children who were abandoned in the foster system. So she, yes, I think she definitely was the adult in the situation. Unlike her sister, Kimber. Kimber, yes. Let's go. Let's talk about Kimber. Oh, I just want to shake her sometimes. Uh, The fiery redhead, much like David. So I put down in my notes, Kimber needs to take a chill pill. So I love Kimber in the sense that she's her sister. And and yes, she's part of the group, but she always seemed to be very competitive with her sister. And so I felt like she knew the story. They have this thing with these, these magical type earrings, holographic earrings that give them many, many things that nobody else can get. And she still has to have problems with her sister and be like competitive, feeling like she's left out when um, I don't think that that was the case. But because she is the songwriter, right? In the group, is yeah, she? Yeah, she is. And actually, there's an episode where I'm going to jump around all over the place. Yeah, now, let's like jump. So there's an episode where both Kimber and then Stormer of the Misfits feel unappreciated and feel like they're being tossed aside for whatever reasons. And they both break away from Gem and the Holograms and the Misfits, and they kind of form a quick little band sort of a thing, just Stormer and, and um, Kimber. They went the solo, song, people. They went yes, solo. Yes, a song called I'm Okay. And then both Gem and the Holograms and then the Misfits both realized they couldn't do it without them. But I did never thought that Gem and the Holograms thought they could do it without Kimber. I think Kimber thought yes. that she deserved more, rep- you know, more recognition for what she did. And the rest of the holograms in general, like, hey, this is the way it is. I'm the front person. The earrings were given to me. You still get all the perks of everything, all the outfits, right. all the music. And you're a songwriter, and I'm not a songwriter. I'm the singer. It's not like they all didn't sing. So I, I, I feel very strongly about certain things when it comes to this. Of course, but you're right. And if they didn't have Kimber, they wouldn't have these songs are truly, they are fantastic songs. We're going to talk about the songs later, but Kimber, girl, you were writing some fantastic tunes. What about Aja? Was she, do you think her and Shayna were mere background characters or do you feel like they did give them identities of their own i mean they they are shana is the fashion one but do you feel like they were just there to be there um no because i felt like they played their role i think if anything i think aja would probably was the least recognized character other than the that she had a romance with i believe or wanted to have a romance with stormer's brother when he was trying out to be the drummer for for gem and the holograms when they were thinking of getting a new bandmate and i think she had a little bit of a romance with him However, Shayna also felt unappreciated at some point or sort of like she wasn't living up to her full potential just being a member of the band because of her fashion. And she ended up working for this rude B-I-T-C-H, um, <laughs> some countess or so. I don't remember that. You're going to have to, we'll have to look into that. But It's uh, always got to be a countess or something, right? It can't just be. If you're going to work for somebody, you might as well work for a countess. That's true. Um, but uh, she started doing fashion more so. And then she realized that she loved the music too. So whatever. Then they got a new band member. That's a whole, you know, then they got Rhea that replaced her. So then when Shayna came back, she ended up doing some other instruments, I guess. I don't Going back to that, yes, do you think it was a great idea to introduce that new character by having Shayna leave, but then come back and they had already filled her spot, but of course they're going to take her back because they're sisters. I think, I I don't remember at what point Rhea came into the fold, so I'm not sure if that was just a way to infuse 
some new interest in the cartoon or not. I think it was great they had a new band member. Um, she obviously had something else to bring to the table for them. Well, that's and, right. For uh, someone who doesn't know, each character really represents a different race. Yes. So Aja was the Asian character. Shana was the African-American character. With this character, she was Latin, Latin yeah. Latina of the she group. Latina. So you got that representation, which was also wonderful. I'm sure that people appreciated that at the time. Well, I think it was amazing that despite the fact that obviously... Hasbro wanted to sell toys and make money that they had a black Barbie, so to speak, you know, not to use the name Barbie, but that, you know, so I think that, and, and to have a character that, you know, a doll for a little girl that, that looked similar to them or possibly coastly similar to them really did, I would think would mean something. And the fact that they were just fun and, and glamorous and for the time with all the eye makeup and yeah. the craziness and the hair colors, I think it was fun. We'll be right back after these messages. And now, back to Jim. Okay, so now that we talked about the bandmates, let's talk about side characters, maybe Rio, which is Jerrica, Jem's love interest. And I know that David has a lot to say about Rio. Okay. So first off the bat, there's something I've been wanting to get off my chest for years. Rio Pacheco. He has the nerve to be upset, pouty, and possessive while he is sleeping with what he believes to be two different women. <laughs> you know he's sleeping with both of them because of the song, Who Is He Kissing? And I'll quote the lyrics of this. So the lyrics are, in the first line, Who is he kissing? Is it me? Or is he making love to a fantasy? Then it goes on to say, who is he kissing? Wish I knew what he was thinking when he looks into my eyes. Who is he kissing, me or her? Am I being used? Tell me who does he prefer, me or her? So we yeah. got the idea. Jerrica goes on to at some point to ask Sanergy to run a holographic scenario about based on Rio's history and personality. And of course, he went through what only can be described as a man tantrum, as usual, kicked over a plant, acted crazy. <laughs> and he said he hates lies and deception, okay? But but you're sleeping with two different women you work for and with. Plus, yeah, basically, yeah. they're both your boss. And um, if I'm not mistaken, Jerrica was my space certified his girlfriend. <laughs> I love Am that. I wrong? Am I wrong? No, no. And, you know, this is one of those things that will go over a child's head at the time. But when you do listen to these lyrics, they are making love. And it's not just some, like, she's dressing up and playing in the bedroom. No, she he thinks they're two different women. But I love that Synergy, like you said, just knew him enough to know that how angry he gets and how uh, 
So Synergy was dead on. Speaking of Synergy, if anyone doesn't know what Synergy is, she is a computer that Jerrica, her father, made prior to his death. And David, I know you you probably have a better explanation of uh, describing Synergy. So Synergy is a holographic, like state-of-the-art holographic projection machine computer that has kind of its own personality so to speak. It's actually based off of her mother. And some of the music that her mother performed was actually lost inside of Synergy's hard drive or whatever at that time. I remember this is the 80s, so maybe it was a hard drive. So maybe that's what it was. It was a floppy disk or something. Yeah, it was something. So so Jem has these really pretty red dar earrings that help project these holographic images, real looking images that we still can't produce today, by the way, or maybe we're close (laughs) to producing, but it was exciting back then. She just used the earrings. You know that Whitney hologram tour they were working on? Yeah. And no. that, was, that was standing still, really. So she was able to transform images to different people and, and whatever. So this computer of Synergy was based off of her mother, and it, it projects lifelike images and also can change your your appearance. So it was based off of her mother, which I think was a gift from her father to her because she lost her mother at such a young age. So that's that's Synergy. So yeah, Synergy ran this projection like holographic scenario to such so she could get her feelings out and in true form. I mean, obviously it wasn't him, but it really was what he would react to. It was basically Synergy had him him down. Well, she listens to everything true through those earrings. So she's sleeping with him as Jem, Jerrica. So so Synergy is the original uh, Google slash Siri. She's listening in. She's gathering all the brother. She's big brother too. She knows everything. She's got you. Jerrica's um, saying she wants a new coffee machine. And and sure enough, Synergy (laughs) is projecting that onto an Alexa. It's Alexa. She's Alexa too. She's like, I have found, Jerrica, I have found 17 different coffee makers to fit your description. You know, like, but like, she's more than that because she, she has personified some of her mother's characteristics. The father programmed her to be very much like her mother. That, look, not like her because she looks like futuristic, like a, she looks like she should be doing the neutron dance or something from the point of sisters, the way she's dressed because she's this cool holographic thing. But yeah, yeah she's, she's, a, she's a product of the eighties, of course. Of course. Um, but how smart of this show. And I really do want to give it to the writer of this, this show, Christine Mark. She did want this to be like a soap opera. She created a lot of series do create what they call a series Bible before they write the show. But researching this before we did this today, she put so much into this. Still to this day, she wants to, she would love to redo Gem. The sad part was, we're going to talk about the movie later. She didn't even know that they were making a movie until she watched the trailer drop. And she is the one who basically created all these characters, which was sad. And she had to pay 99 cents to download <laughs> the commercial for the new Listen, people out there copyright your music so uh christy marks she definitely gave this this was not just a toy I, a lot of a lot of 80s properties now are getting hate as basically they were just made to make the action figure sell the doll sell which yes is of course true but it didn't mean that these writers such as christy marks didn't put effort into it this is not just a doll commercial this show I agree with you. I, I, I don't think that it's 
just a just a, a marketing tool to sell toys for the person that's doing the voiceovers, that's doing the singing, that's doing the characters, that finds a, a friendship and a camaraderie with the other actors and, and puts their heart and soul into something. It's a storyline. It just happens to be that you have to play the game to make the money. You have to be able to sell. The selling of the of the dolls paid for production and vice right. versa. So really, it's a, it's a one hand washes the other. You know, I think we had this conversation maybe a couple of days ago how yeah. some artists and again I'll, I'll run off on a tangent just reel me back in but how some artists complain that they're in a contract and some of them are really bad but like they're in a contract they have to do like two or three albums with the type of music that the you know record label says they have to but they make a ton of money they get notoriety and they're still able to use do their craft maybe not exactly the type of music they want yes but they still and then they can go off to be successful and do the music they really want to do so kind of tying it back to that is that they these people that worked on the show I, I would like to believe I'm pretty sure that you know from the kind of little interviews and different things that I've read that it, it was a family thing it was just about selling dolls and like you said it does go hand in hand so while we're selling characters let's get to the misfits I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, David, do you prefer the Misfits over the holograms? Not maybe, of course, I know you love all the characters, but do you feel like the Misfits are the standout band? So... When I knew I was going to do this with you, um, I kind of re-listened to a lot of music and stuff. And I will say that I like the Misfits because they definitely embody what I remember 80s rock bands to be. Trashing hotel rooms, having no regard for anything, just walking out half drunk, so to speak, like... Uh, during an interview they really kind of hit the mark but i also honestly again going back to how you said that some cartoons are now being trashed i really feel like they had a very empowering message whether it was rude or they were being not the nicest people they still were being powerful women and saying what they wanted there's a song that the misfits sing called designing woman and she basically says like the the song i don't remember the lyrics exactly but it's like basically some women like pine over men and she's not doing that too bad because she's a designing woman she gets what she wants and honestly for a young girl to hear that maybe not obviously in a nasty kind of way where you're trashing right. people's homes or something but i think that every one of jem's songs pretty much goes back to love romance fantasy fun friendship so all of those things where the misfits are about me 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 or Literally. i'm gonna get what i want there's definitely something fun about that too because they did get away with a lot of stuff however i don't like the idea that she's a rich girl and she kind of you know gets away with whatever she wants because of daddy's money so that kind of ties into like the whole like you know, Paris Hilton and like that kind of the Kardashians, that sort of like vibe where, oh, well, we have money, we come from money. So money will get us the music career, money will get us what we want. And I'm not saying these women didn't work hard. No offense to Kim or, you know, or Paris, because I, you know, I like them just as much as anybody else does. But there's definitely a message. It shows real world, like you're saying, that's the real world equivalent of you got a one up because your parents were rich or famous. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens to all these celebrities these days days their kids become famous do you think that anybody would give them the time of day if they didn't have the name recognition they'd be just another a nameless face in the crowd of everybody that comes to hollywood or nashville to be a singer or a star i'm not bitter just disappointed 99 cents people 99 cents in itunes so okay. yes i love the misfits <laughs> 
Now, at one point, this is season three. This is probably the final season of Gem. They tried to do, I guess, what you would call a soft reboot, where they introduced another band. And David, tell us about the Stingers. Sting, sting, stingers. Yes. Another very self-absorbed band. Riot was the lead singer. Had more hair than I've ever seen on any 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 cartoon or man. And there was, was this big flowing locks of blonde hair. And he was obsessed with Joe. So how this happened is well they were also very manipulative so where the misfits pizzazz was i feel like all about herself there still was some sort of heart there every so often she would kind of soften and you'd see that she had feelings and she wasn't just this malicious evil person now riot on the other hand and his two um are they russian uh, i don't know i don't know if that was just a facade they put on because you you find out later on that riot visits i believe it's his dad um, he never felt accepted by his dad. So again, the, where that dramatic storyline is, it's like it's like the Disney, you know, what is it? The Disney combination. Everybody has a, their mother always, everyone's died. Somebody's died and they've been left alone sort of a thing. That's kind of like a winning combination for you to feel sorry for them. So that just, again, my personal opinion. <laughs> Um, so yes, the Stingers come in and Jerrica, knowing that they are the most fabulous and outrageous thing to come along, wants to sign them, but also Misfits, Misfits Records want, is it Misfits Records that, that Eric Raymond? Well, it was Eric Raymond, right? So what did he... I think it was Misfits, but that was what's on the billboard. They want to sign them too. So they're at a party and, um, the Stingers basically play both of them to try to get whatever they can out of both Pizzazz and Eric Raymond and the Misfits and Jim and the Holograms until Jem walks in, you know, she flips her hair and she's like, all right, we're going to get, we're going to get this one. So she just randomly at, at, I think they were at like a, I don't know, like a rock and roll hall of fame where they were donating a, a, a guitar or something. Jem just breaks out and she's like, all right, let's go. We're going to, we're going to do a song. That's how we're going to get him. And that's what she did. She's saying, why don't we lead to some of the music? This, this show again had some fantastic tunes and David has put together some of his favorite. I also put a small list of some of my favorites and um, whenever you're ready, David, let's hear some of your favorite tunes. This was probably one of the most difficult things because as someone who loves music in general, I know we're obviously talking about a cartoon, but at the same time, let me tell you something. Some of the vocals were pretty phenomenal. I think it even eclipsed some of the actual artists, quote unquote, that were out in the 80s, the time of this game, that this, what was her name? Britta Phillips? Yes. A matter of fact, for anyone who doesn't know, and I had discussed this with David the other day off, off camera, that they got the perfect match of voice and um, singing voice for Jem because they were two different people. And I believe that they matched each other's tone. You actually believe that that was the Jerrica that was singing in these songs, I feel like. But both ladies are actual singers. That's yes, the that's the funny part. Both are singers and the voice of Jem now, the uh, speaking voice of Jem, has records. She goes out. Thank you, Samantha. Uh, she's got the pink hair. She goes to Comic-Cons and she does sing. So she was hoping, I believe, that she was going to be the singing voice. But honestly, you're right. The voice that they did get, Jem, she takes it to a 10. Well, you know, that, that again, that's that formula that has always been by most most of most of the industry. Like every single Disney movie, cartoon-wise, there is a voice an actor and then there is the singer, which yeah. I guess because maybe they get more of a commercial voice to do the actual 
singing part. I don't know why what the formula is. It's not like the same like the live action shows like movies now like Aladdin where the actor is also the singer. So I don't know why, but I mean it was a winning combination for me. I loved both. I think both women are, are equally talented and would love to to see see them. Um, I actually do kind of peek once in a while at, at like you know YouTube and kind of like not follow but just to see if did you put anything new out or you know or wow oh my god I can hear Jem's voice in in this song because you know speak on your songs okay so absolutely again hard to pick out I love I've got my eye on you Again, that was used multiple times. And maybe that was the song that she used to get the stingers, the riot. I'm not sure. Um, it depends on the mood I'm in. Again, that also goes into when Shayna was struggling with her need to be somebody else and design that was part of that thing. Time is running out was used multiple times. Deception, Rio, just for you. Pacheco, um, Glitter and Gold. birth and just just really fun love will show the way which a lot of people don't really remember and in the land of the midnight sun Like they went to like Shangri-La, which was yeah. completely off the rails for this cartoon because it was like a magical city that they went to, basically the Shangri-La, which doesn't exist, you know. But so definitely those hands down are some of my favorites for Jim. What about you? You named some fantastic songs. Some of the ones that I did write down that stand out to me are She's Got the Power about Synergy. <laughs>
a father should be. I don't think it's Bonnie, right? It's Bonnet. Um, she was one of the Starlight girls who wanted to be adopted. And what was, okay, let's just go on a tangent. Her father was in the war in Vietnam? Yeah, so I don't know if the time frame would actually match up, but I was living for it anyway, because she had this this GI who fell in love with her mother in Vietnam and obviously had a baby and she had to give the baby up. And Bonnie ended up in America as a, an orphan. And she had a picture, I believe, of her dad where it, he like he was, his face was shrouded in shadow where you couldn't see it he had a GI outfit on so he was in the army I guess and uh, she always hoped that he'd come back for very very classic orphan story like little orphan Annie you know one day my family will come for me one day my dad will come for me and of course being a dad you know it's kind of very sad and kind of I mean for a cartoon but a very sad that she you know was hoping against all odds that she would find her dad and she was dreaming about what the perfect father would be and the least for Bonnet Bonnet she had a happy ending she did get adopted right by her father or her father found her some magic way <laughs> I think Jerrica so again stealing off of little orphan Annie I, I feel like we're going off a tangent but that's okay. Um, at least, is it okay? Bonnie tried to find, wanted to find her biological father, and Jerrica did, Jerrica slash Jem did do sort of like, a, again, very much Little Orphan Annie, tried to find, like Daddy Warbucks, tried to find her Annie's parents. She did the same thing, and this this loser who just wanted money basically pretended to be her dad. Yes! Um, yes. And then Jem, of course, Jem had to go rescue her. <laughs> what I don't understand, okay, now I'm going to go off on another tangent. Why did Jem not use Synergy more often to save her butt? Why did she not? I would be I would be holographic projecting because not only can Synergy do visual, but she can do sound too. So I would have police cars coming when the misfits were acting up and like, oh girl, you better run. Stop <laughs> the coming for you. I would have used Synergy to stop these people. I, I can't be arrested again. My parole is <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, like anyway. So yeah, so eventually they did actually find her father who was an artist, I believe. And he and wasn't he a ginger? He was a ginger, the ginger man. He, so did what did Jerrica actually did she do the research to figure that they weren't handing her over again to another another, another random, random man? Uh, well, I'm sure Synergy was not there was no inter, there was no internet, so Synergy couldn't do all the like No, and so. if it wasn't about Rio, Synergy was evidently not interested. No, she was just Jerrica, uh, Bonnet could go with that man. I have no information. Yeah, exactly. So they did find it and the last episode, Bonnet being taken home with her dad, and you see not only Gem and the holograms, the misfits and the stingers all getting along to wish her farewell, which totally was bizarre for me, but ended in it on a nice note that maybe yeah. they could all be friends because they sort of felt, you know, the the sorrow and, and the triumph that Bonnie was able to find her father because I'm sure they kidnapped her at some point. The misfits. I know, you know, I was gonna say, you know, her and one of those other starlight girls have been kidnapped, I'm sure. And just a few other songs that stand out for me is Tomorrow is my wedding which, which was i sang on my wedding day to myself because you sang it to me <laughs> i really yes david is, has been married for how many years of five years
And this is just a beautiful song about Kimber basically getting married, which I don't know, did this actually stand in the show? Did they bring this up after that she was married? Or was it just like, she's one and done. She got married and in comic cartoon world, we're just going to carry on like she wasn't. Well, I don't think the boyfriend, or I should say the husband, had a reoccurring role. Oh, so he was really just a token. Kimber's I getting she married. Was married. She's married. So that's Take it. that, Jim. Kimber got married before you. <laughs> old maid. <laughs> uh, also, Starlight by Jerrica and Kimber's mother was Jackie Ben. Is it yeah, Jackie, Jackie Bennett? Yes, because she was a singer as well. And let me just tell you, David began this saying that the pilot was at a funeral in the rain, but Jem's mother died in a plane crash, I believe also in the rain. You could see her getting on the plane. It is, it's sad. It is really sad. And this, again, a plot that, what other 80s cartoon was doing this? Plane crashes. Amazing. Well, this is just like going back to like the day the music died with the Big Bopper or like when Patsy Cline oh, died. Things like that. Again, very um, real world. Real world and very like, wow, for a child to process. And then the other three songs that I wrote down was When It's Only Me in the Music, Twilight in Paris, and This Is Only the Beginning. Only the Beginning. song that Jem sang to introduce herself as, as right? That was the first I, I feel like they really brought their songs because um, She's Got the Power was in that pilot slash movie as well, I believe, when they discovered Synergy. And it's so funny, I just want to do an honorable mention of the Misfits in Hawaii. Because I feel like Aloha. Aloha. When I was speaking about Jem with Rob from Brunch with the Hollowells and Movie Geek and Proud about Jem, the one thing he said he could remember was Misfits in Hawaii. And why is it? Was this episode aired? more than others because prior to this, prior to a few years ago when it was back on Netflix and we could relive these fantastic shows, the one episode that did stand in my mind was Misfits in Hawaii. I wonder if it was like one of those ones that was on all the time or was it just because they were in Hawaii? The song- Like the song really is about them not only getting bug bites from weird, (laughs) weird bugs, Burnt, getting burnt alive from the sun and getting tropical diseases, I think she says. Yeah, that's seven tropical diseases, I think. 
it's the it's just really campy and i think people can appreciate the fact that the song was like again in true misfits form very raw she's like basically i'm gonna tell you that i went to hawaii thinking this is gonna be great we're burnt we're bit up and we're sick <laughs> why am i here like you know what no, no offense to hawaii love you but she's like through this place i and i'm sure they only went not. there to basically kill jem at some point so why were they there right they probably figured she's why like, we'll steal their equipment she wanted to sleep with rio constantly i don't know what this man had besides purpley hair that uh, made him i don't know because him. that whining and that attitude that he gives he is if anything if anyone says that jem was not female empowerment which i don't know how they can but there is and maybe we can do a show about this one day david again there is this hate that's growing in modern times for 80s cartoons. This Rio definitely is not the man that is a sh strong, a perfect. I mean, yes, he's handsome and ever, and he's nice at some points, but they're not showing a man that's fantastic at any means in this show. No, and he doesn't mansplain things, so which is nice. He doesn't mansplain things, and it does. But I will say, I really feel like Jerrica has like Stockholm syndrome or something with Rio because, <laughs> because here's okay. So again, I'm channeling Miss Yvette Brown here. I wrote down some notes. Um, <laughs> there's a point where Jerrica actually gets pissed off at Rio because he wants to see Jem. Jem almost like Jerrica almost gets like psychologically damaged and unhinged because people are asking about Jem. Now here's the funny part. Most of the people are asking about Jem not only because one, where did this person disappear to with this beautiful purple, like beautiful pink hair that's like glamorous and everything just fall the face of the earth can't be seen any place not even spotting her without her makeup like we do every artist like every so often in the isn't the dream for people on. okay that's one but they haven't made music in years so this is from an episode this is part of the like talked about glitter and gold going back to that people are like where's Jem? did she die and jerica purposely does not become Jem because she's pissed off that Rio wants to be with Jem too. And she's realizing, well, I don't have to be Jem. There, if there is no Jem, there is no Rio in Jem. At least they don't say that, but that's what, because she like flips out. She's like, I am tired of hearing about Jem. Yes. I am tired of everything. Jem, Jem, do you want her more than you want me? Are you going out with her? Like she flips out on even... Her bandmates were like, are we going to do some music? We are a band. Going back, and again, uh, people, I'm sorry, we're going off on random tangents, but this is a great point. Do you even think that she need to have that secret identity to Rio? I know it's a, a trope that's used in every cartoon where there's a superhero, a Sailor Moon, a Wonder Woman, they have the secret identity. But with Rio, does it even matter? I mean, it added that drama to it, but I feel like they could have just gone by, yes, the misfits, she's still that whole thing. Or they could have did an episode because it doesn't feel like this show is afraid of doing topics that make sense. They could have did a real life, finally, Rio knows that I'm Jem. So, but that was where the holographic simulation came through that that's his reaction would have been. She would have lost her. So she was just <sighs> doing her. Because she ends up, there's another episode where she stays Jem and does not refuse it to turn back into Jerrica. Oh, so she's having four personalities at this yeah, point. Yeah, she has personality disorder because what happens is she goes away with Riot from the Stingers to a tropical, probably not Hawaii, but a tropical location. <laughs> and she refuses to turn back into Jerrica. She leaves Starlight and the Misfits end up buying Starlight music and taking over Starlight House and force the holograms to basically become part of the Misfits. Do you not remember this? This is a big thing. I think, you know what? 
I, I feel like I only saw limited episodes of that last season. Oh, I saw everything. I saw everything. Because you had the DVDs, but then I remember at one point season three wasn't available or it was harder to get. But anyway, continuing on this. She goes, she decides to stay gem because Riot is just showering her with affection and he's very like, but he's very like, oh, you're the perfect woman. You're the most beautiful woman ever. You're you're just as beautiful as I. Narcissistic much? Oh, Scary God. narcissist. He didn't even, they didn't even draw him, I feel like, that attractive. No, he, but whatever. I mean, not that that means anything, but on the surface. So eventually she comes to her senses. I don't know why Synergy didn't say something like, uh. But she's listening to this drama. Synergy needs she, to listen. She's like, like, um, you ain't heard this from me because I ain't one to gossip, but, you know, <laughs> maybe you should take care of those Starlight children and, and the house. So basically, the misfits take over everything, which I think is kind of amusing. That works itself out. But there is an ep- also an episode where, again, the misfits are so insane. Like, who would even think of this? This is like the episode, you know, when Buffy goes into her own mind, she shuts down and like, there's yes. like or when Piper from... It's like um, norm- Normal again, I think it was called, and some, Buffy and Brain Drain in the original Charm. Charm, when when Piper wakes up in a, in a, thing, in a uh, psychological psych psycho ward and that's actually the manor somehow Jem gets kidnapped again <laughs> as usual wakes up in a fake house a fake it's a set that's completely made over to look like the starlight mansion or whatever it's called that the misfits because the misfits want to find out what her secret identity is so they hire actors that look exactly like Kim yeah, Burr, yeah, that is and she wakes up and she's like am I losing my mind and she's like well who are you what are like all of the, the actors and she thinks that she's literally losing her mind which probably leads to the fact that she all over the place with Gemma, Jericho and Gemma. <laughs> so they found, I love that she was able to find <laughs> actors that looked exactly like these women. And then they play the sport and they're always trying to find out her identity. This is the most bizarre, again, off the rails, you know, episode that like, it's what, what, I mean, but again, she has the money to do all that stuff. She could hire these actors. And at this point, why wasn't Jerrica hiring bodyguards if she and her girls were going to get kidnapped continuously? Because every so often she'd have, she'd have Senna, she'd turn her into look what looks like a potted plant or something so she could escape so you know whatever she would do those things you know so often. that's what i'm saying use synergy more often i want to bring up something from my notes yes there was an episode <laughs> this is what i'm trying to say about the misfits how crazy they are does anybody remember the episode when the misfits actually broke into a session of Congress and started singing the Star Spangled Fantasy? They broke into Congress during a session of Congress. First of all, again, never arrested. They would have put a bullet in her these days. This would have been like a riot. They like they thought they were protesting or something. They asked them or arrested. They broke into Congress and started singing a song called the Star Spangled Fantasy, and it's all about pizzazz. So anyway, at least they were patriotic about it. Evidently. That's amazing. So this is this is the bizarre nature of this cartoon, but also really fun and just what really made me love it. Okay, and we can't stop this episode without talking about the 2015 Gem and the Holograms live action movie. What are you thinking about this? What do you feel about this movie? I do have some notes, but what what are your thoughts going into this movie? Our songs are better. We're going to get her. Well, yes, that was, for anyone who didn't see, they left the Misfits for the end of the movie, which I believe was done in a reshoot. But if they had started with that ending, with actually Kesha is 
is in this as pizzazz. Go ahead. But if they would have used that ending with the misfits, it would have actually resembled Gem a little more. What to say? No, no, it's not. It's not bad. I, I, I appreciate the fact that they try to pay an homage or some sort of a, uh, you know, a likeness to the original. I, I think that things do need to be updated. To some degree, I guess I can understand the updating. I just didn't understand like the fact that okay, so where this this movie is based in reality, right? So this is a reality-based movie. It's not a fantasy cartoon where literally Synergy has the power to create realistic holographic images and stuff like that. So there's not that aspect of it, which kind of sucks because, you know, she has this little robot that's what named Synergy, basically, and she has these earrings, but they're not anything special. They're gigantic. I, I watched it again. They're dangles. They're dangles, all right? They're dangles. They are more than dangles. They look like gigantic, plastic. They're supposed to be stars, but they don't even look like They that. don't go with everything, no. So... <laughs> <laughs> they just they don't not, go in fact, they go with nothing. Yes, you know. What do I think about it? I like the idea that they did it. I love the fact that they have Molly Ringwald as the mom because yeah. that, again, parts out to 80s. You know, that's really fun that they did that. And I think she's really unappreciated as an actress anyway. I think she could have, she's done other things, but I think, she, yeah. you know, to have her do it, I think it's fun. I would have loved for Synergy to be a little bit more, maybe project images of something, even if it's like, was a light show, like a really great light show for her to, to base her like look off of and stuff like that um in this day and age if you're on youtube or have any account facebook account people will find you and know who you are so that makeup wasn't really hiding her identity i don't think she was trying to with the big pink makeup on her face but i wrote in my notes that gem is basically sia in this movie like <laughs> She wears the pink over her face, almost like a mask. And I, this is her form of a hologram, I guess. But she's, Jerrica in this movie is afraid of singing and getting out there. And then Kimber secretly posts her on YouTube and she becomes this literally overnight. I don't know what Kimber was doing to promote anything, but Jem exploded overnight so much that the next morning, Erica Raymond instead of Eric Raymond, which I don't mind them doing the, the gender swap like that because it makes sense with a Jem movie like a gem. I think that that character was fine the way it was with Erica Raymond. But I find like the problem with most live action remakes of cartoons are they want to reinvent things so much just to be, I don't know, relevant, right? But at the same time, it's the same thing with He-Man when they made the He-Man movie back in the day. Now, I know that that actually suffered definitely from budget cuts, like Eternia would have been bigger to make than let's say He-Man going to Earth and meeting Courtney Cox. But when you see certain titles, you want, if it's He-Man, you want Castle Grayskull, you want Battle Cat, you want transformation sequences. With Gem, you expect things you expect holograms you expect music that is you know over the top and fun it's like a lot of these hollywood movies are just we're taking the name and i have this with the charmed reboot it's gem in name only like we take we'll take the name gem we'll take the name holograms we'll throw in the name zipper as the as the the villain is still zipper we're working for the villain things like that rio they put on they put on wigs at one point and they're all wearing their color hair from the original like cartoon which is a nice tongue-in-cheek thing but i feel like 
like there's a way to appeal to younger fans, new fans, and the original fans. This does not appeal from anyone I read, does not appeal to any of the original fans. If you would have taken Jem's name out of this, this was a cute, I honestly could say it's a cute, mediocre film where the actresses were into it. You can tell they seemed like sweet girls in the interviews I was watching. They really enjoyed themselves. But can we not have a movie that's almost like the Brady Bunch movie in the 90s where it's tongue in cheek where they're almost in this world and the rest of the world is gritty and everything but when Jem comes it's gorgeous and it's fun and and even with the music in this movie there's my favorite thing was right before the movie came out I think it was the same person who did Justin Bieber's movie documentary he's a scooter or something forgive me everybody oh yeah well he's in trouble isn't he but anyway but he had said that wait till you hear the soundtrack the soundtrack is going to have a life of its own away from the movie now there are some there's a song young blood which like the you got young blood yeah that's the only song that's the only lyric i know and that's the only song i know from that whole thing and almost going by the disney thing you were mentioning earlier they have hillary duff singing young blood as the single version on that cd oh i didn't know that well good and then they have the the gem girls but they have young so couldn't we get uh any homage i'll shut up in a minute to let david speak but the other thing that i want to say is they released a album basically to promote the movie prior to this as well it was digital and they literally took the names of gem songs and on the eye you're thinking oh my god these are new updates of gem songs right it says gem the stingers the misfits with their actual logo with the movie logo as well names of song let's say glitter and gold the song is called glitter and gold the music the lyrics and nothing has to do with the original song tell me why they couldn't just update those songs for that that would make the total sense i feel like a total miss opportunity with this whole movie what do i think about that i think that again they didn't feel the audience would appreciate the the simplicity or the nicety of the music i think that the gem music the reason why we love it so much is because it's just really sweet and honest and i don't think that that would translate to honestly i don't i don't think it would translate to the modern the modern world so to speak but couldn't you picture like even who is he kissing let's just say that you you mentioned earlier i I guess but honestly who is you know something like well yeah i could see that but First of all, did they have the did they even have the rights to do that? Because actually, yeah, the I'm pretty sure Gem was sold to another company. Well, Hasbro was the one evidently who pushed this because it said due to the fame of them doing the, the live action GI Joe, the live action Transformers. Yeah, but when when, when GI Joe was done, how many years ago? And, and Transformers is actually love me some Wahlberg, but that was done. That's still, that's actually starting to age too, believe it or not, right? Well, those movies definitely have their fans and critics alike too. But I feel like. I, I understand what you're saying and I would love to have that duality and be able to do both but I just don't think they thought it would sell and I'm sure the budget was not that huge on that movie to begin with so no, like, you could take, totally away the holo- take away the holographic because if you did bad CGI people would have complained about that if you did this people would have complained about this if you would have done that I agree with you to a point like you know when if you ever discuss like Charmed in a, in a later podcast definitely we can talk about that because because they're on equal footings and actually they're in better footings because the newer the newer charm might not even have the same budget I don't know but they have much more advanced technology from the 90s till currently 
where they could have used even for magic scenes and stuff like that. So that's a different story. But this, I think, was a, a budgeted film. I think that I like the change with, with Erica Raymond. I think that she, uh, Juliette Lewis, yes, Lewis yeah. did a phenomenal job as being like that kind of like ex cor that corrupt record exec who kind of like, it's like she wasn't even in her own mind. She wasn't corrupt. She was just basically like, this is the way the, the industry works. Yeah, you yeah. Real, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming this is really. It is the way the industry works. So it's. She was being Eric Raymond. So um, do I think they could have added maybe more flavor from Jem? Yeah. But do I think that it would have made it campy and cheesy? Probably. Which would, And then they would have said that was the reason why it didn't sell when it did. You know, I feel like the camp would have become maybe a cult classic in the, in the future kind of thing. Because I think they totally realized at the end. Because like I said, that misfit scene was shot right before the movie premiered, I believe. And that's when people were seeing the advertisements and saying, what the hell is this? This is not Gem. So they filmed that on to tack on. Evidently, they thought this was going to be a series of movies. Yes. With, with Kesha with her Muppet eyelashes. Yes, which is fantastic. And I feel like in that scene alone, they took the whole thing that they could have done with this movie. Because even the way it's filmed, it's in this, um, under these neon lights in this garage. It's like dark and Erica Raymond is trying to find the misfits to destroy Jem. And then that's when Kesha says the line that our songs are better. Like you were saying I, earlier. I wonder if they would have done, made it completely, I don't know, fantasy. You know, like... I'm trying to think of what was it Sin City was the movie Sin City how it was yeah. like film like that or like almost like the old aha video where it was like sketched and cartooned like parts and stuff and yes like, 80s they, are in this is what they could have like. done that maybe but I mean honestly if like you said if it wasn't Gem it would have been a cute movie really, about a young girl who was following her dreams yeah. that you know she came from humble beginnings she tried to stay away from the corruption of Hollywood and obviously um, did well because she got herself a man she got herself a singing career um, you know what I would have done differently, if anything, besides obviously adding in some of those elements? They should have had this girl, if they really wanted to do something fun with this, could have had her go out and perform and try to get her booked on, like, a show with the facade of Gem on, like, literally with a pink thing on. Like, more modernized, more not yes. cartoonish. Not necessarily as tacky as Sia can be with that hair thing that she's got over her face. Anyway. But it works for her. Just saying Sia, like. but I love you, but if they would have booked her on some sort of a show, like a late show or something, and I had her perform, like, you know, have you ever noticed every so often they'll just, like, have, like, a random perform that you've never met before? Yeah, I'm like no, a Saturday Night Live kind of thing. Yeah, no before, you know, and, like, all of a sudden they just perform, and, like, then they become famous, and they hit it off. They should have done that. You know, like, the mass Singer does now? Like, yes. some of the people are known, some of the people are unknown for singing, but she could have done something like that. That would have promoted the movie more if that would have come out six months before the oh, movie. Speaking of that, actually, they had a kit. Okay, so during the filming, this is one of the things that happened. They asked Gem fans to come together and meet them at this this place, evidently. So they worked without Hasbro or the movie. And the people thought they were going to see, you know, they, they knew they were going to be in the movie, but they have signs with the original Gem logo. They're dressing up like Gem. So they had real fans in that audience when they first performed, thinking that they were going to this Gem thing for the movie. So I wonder what the people seeing it being recorded were like, saying like, oh my god. Because these were just extras that were fans of the original cartoon. They got this thing. Come down, bring your signs. Say how much you love Gem. And they're saying it as 
as like the cartoon gem. And then they ended ended up editing these things into the movie, speaking about her gem on the YouTube video. <laughs> so oh, I yes, mean, I did see that. So they had that. They had them go out as a band, and then I think they did one more like radio, not Disney, but like one of these like radio things as the group gem and the holograms. But it's too late at that point. I, the movie was, I believe, one of the fastest movies that have left the movie theater in history or some crazy amount like that. Wow. It's like, that's the legacy. And that's what I feel like. I hope in the long run that people take away from, if they're listening to us today, if they had just seen the movie, maybe give the cartoon a chance. And also I'm hoping for the future that this does not destroy the property <laughs> too much because we're seeing shows like Animaniacs are coming back on Hulu with the original cast, the original actors, the original art style. And knowing that the original creator and, and the people want to do new episodes, it just... It seems like missing opportunity. Well, I mean, that's the hot thing right now. You have like, everybody's coming back and doing a Netflix. You have like Will and Grace and all these different shows that are coming back for short periods of time to bring. People love it. It's nostalgic. It's a great thing during a pandemic to see like these. Of course. You know, your faces. yes, yeah, like and, and just like it's fun, and the actors are we know the characters, they're established, and it's just fun to see where people have progressed. There's a lot of things out there now, and I think people are being nostalgic. <laughs> Listen, sometimes lightning doesn't only strikes once for, for real, and honestly, that might just be with this, and maybe that's why people like us doing this right now is a fun thing for people to reminisce and enjoy and, and throw their you know their two cents in and I will I actually have one more point that I have to yeah, make about Jim that I that I, I actually had to look this up. So Jim was cancelled in nineteen eighty seven due to poor ratings and low doll sales. So again we talked about the duality and the back and forth of you know you have to sell dolls to, to produce, you have to produce to sell dolls. It was brought back to the USA network until nineteen ninety three then cancelled again. I did not know that. No because I would have loved to have seen more episodes around that time so um that's what i looked up i haven't i mean it was a it was a viable source so i don't i don't know but i'm i I, you know listen any kind of thing if you're doing respectfully and and not trying to uh destroy the legacy for people that really enjoy it like you said there's a lot of backlash lately about like if they're cartoons people they're not like anybody that can say gem is misogynistic would be out of their minds and um the empowerment whether it was by force from the misfits or you have a woman who's running a million dollar music industry you know uh, the fact that she's sleeping with she's again bring it back to that she is fooling around with this guy he doesn't she's it's on her terms clearly she's doing what she wants even though he's a nut i'm not even going to go into that we're trying to keep this pg but i don't know i don't know which what jerica does and what jem doesn't or vice versa that keeps him coming back for more well we'll we'll wait for the gem sex tape to leak eventually energy you know you're recording it somewhere she can she can edit it too you know she could add some holographic images to make it more exciting but um <laughs> to sum up gem for you for this whole thing for someone for a kid who believed in like fantasy and, and and like had hopes and aspirations to do something potentially with music i feel like it i don't know it, it, it definitely bridged a gap for me as far as like being a boy and and, and this being a quote-unquote girls cartoon and I love music and I really do believe it or not attribute my love of music to Gem and the Holograms believe it or not 
it also has taught me to be very mindful of the industry. Now, clearly, I'm not in the industry per se, but when I was doing music and, and there were record people coming around and, you know, you hear these like nice to perform with other bands and they'd be signed and then I find out that they got stabbed in the back. They just they stole their music. They can never do music again because someone took the rights to all their stuff. You don't see all that stuff, but... Jeb taught me that when I was a kid, so I knew that could potentially happen. I know that sounds silly. And no, but every, you're ready for that. You're ready to be stabbed in the back, and you're also ready to be kidnapped, rode off, thrown off a cliff, possibly. Multiple partners romantically, whatever. Whatever floats your boat. Pretend to be somebody else. It basically was a lot for me, it, it, and it was a, a really great escape into a just different world that I, I loved, and, and I like the fact that it did tell people they could be a musician, they could be an actor, they could could be everybody in that show could be anything they wanted to be and i think that that really does give people some hopes and aspirations to be able to do for me it was it was like everything so thank you again everyone for joining us today thank you so much for david my brother for coming on and being a fantastic co-host for this episode david where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you and see more about you so you can find me on snapchat at Universal Appeal, little uh, homage there to the Misfits. I'm also, where am I? You can also find David on Instagram at Universal Appeal 2020. And if you're wondering for more news and how to find us, we are at Radical Retro Podcast on Instagram or Ryan Hunter Studios also at Instagram. Thank you again. We hope that you had a truly, truly, truly outrageous time listening to us. Thank you for letting me babble. Thank you. Thank you for having me babble with you. All right. Say goodbye, David. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.